Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything, and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and DJ Pig. Episode 7 of All You Need to Know coming at you today. Uh, we've got DJ back. Yes. Good to have you back. Thank goodness. Uh, you missed, Glad to be back. You missed because of... Uh... Well, hello, hello uh, Fender Bender. Well, maybe a little bit more than a Fender Bender. I totaled the car, but... Uh... You know, but you're safe. You're right. Things are good. Which, I'm healthy. Which my first question, which was not good, was like, are you still going to make it to do the <laughs> podcast? I didn't ask if you were okay or anything. But uh, Well, so. no. See, that's partially on me, too, because I told you that I was going to be here to do the podcast about mm-hmm. 40 minutes before I called to tell yeah. you that <laughs> I had totaled the car. So, Well, anyways, uh, everybody's here and healthy today. I'm just going to say something before we start. Uh, is it pets or... You know, pet, the, the company PetSmart. Is, oh, okay. Is it Pets? I've asked the exact is it same Pet Smart or is it PetSmart? See, I don't know. And it drives me nuts. But it, which do you think would be better? I know that one of them is like the same color. Let me let me see if I can look this up real fast. But I just, I was baffled. I was just thinking about it the other day. I didn't see anything online or I anything. Have, I just started thinking about I it. I have asked the exact same question. So on the logo, the pet, the word pet is in red. Yeah. And the word smart is in blue. So I'm guessing that means that it's pet smart. Right. But I've always said it as if it was, you know, as in a Walmart. Right. Pet smart. No, like, it, and you would think that because it is more of that type of store. Like it, it's it's more of like a a pet smart. Right. Like it's a it's a not a grocery store, but like a large convenience store type. Right. Setting to where you can go in and there's multiple things, whether it be gifts or whether it be items that you need to keep your animal alive, which is important, or just animals. Yes. So that's something that's been bothering me. I don't know if it's Pet Smart or Pet Smart, but anyways, we're gonna get on with the show now. I'll try to get some feedback from the listeners on that one. Here is some noteworthy news. Uh, hundreds were ill ab- aboard a Royal Caribbean cruise. Uh, this past week, a Royal Caribbean cruise ship returned to Florida on Saturday after hundreds of passengers contracted a gastrointestinal illness. Oh God! Did they make it to the Caribbean? Uh, you know, I don't know or if they're Caribbean. always going there. Is it, Car- is it Caribbean or Caribbean? That's just another one. Oh that, We'll have to save that one for another show. Gosh. But during the five-night cruise, 332 cases of the illness were reported. 332. Yes. Now, the spokesperson for Royal Caribbean said. Uh, that it was a small percentage, around six percent of the passengers. So, like, there's more than five thousand people on the cr- on the, on the crew and yeah. on board the ship. And he said about six percent came down with the illness. Uh, and he said that those affected by the short-lived illness were treated by the ship's doctors with over-the-counter medication. And he hoped that all the guests w- would feel better quickly. But uh, let me tell you something: if there's one place where you don't want to get a gastrointestinal illness, it's on a cruise. It's a cruise ship. It is on a boat in the middle of the sea. Let me let me ask you another question: Have you ever turned on the TV and seen like cruise ship is safely sailing on the sea with no problems whatsoever? No, no, no anything, it's always yeah. cruise ship. Like tips over after right. captain makes wrong turn. Yeah, cruise ship has gastrointestinal illness breakout. It's, it's, there's <laughs> never good die. news. Yeah, there's never good news with cruise ships. I stay away from cruise ships because of that. I'm scared to go. I've heard that it's a great experience, but I don't want to be that person that's on TV uh, being interviewed about a gastrointestinal illness or something like that. I tell you what, they I've always heard, which I mean, you hear it mostly with Vegas, but I've always heard stuff like, I mean, you, what happens in the Caribbean stays in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Apparently not. Whatever no. happened in the Caribbean came back with them. Which this isn't 
always the cruise the cruise line that's in trouble. I think Carnival has, has had a couple incidents. I think every cruise ship right, <laughs> has yeah. had a couple incidents. But Oof, I cannot imagine that uh, sounds like misery. A news a news station near Florida reported that some passengers who were disembarking Saturday in the in Florida believed that the number of passengers who got sick was even higher than what Royal Caribbean even said. Uh, someone said that mm. they talked to plenty of people who said that they were too sick to even make it down to the ship's medical facility. So when you when you think of the, about that, oh the, the guy's trying to say, "Hey, there's not that many people getting sick. Like, don't yeah. don't overblow this." It's just six percent, but you got to think six percent of like a four or five thousand people. That's enough to do. Like, you could take a sample of that amount of people mm-hmm. and kind of make a conclusion about like the human race. Yes. So I mean, that's a large amount of people to have sick on one boat. And of course, six percent sounds a lot better than like nine hundred people. Right. In your head, six percent sounds like a, a small 6%, number. Yes. I don't know. That's there were a lot of people sick, and if I had been on that boat, I probably would have done something awful. The uh, the spokesperson was apparently busy this week because he said that the uh, the company was taking steps like intensive sanitary procedures to minimize the risk of any further issues, and that that particular ship will undergo special additional cleaning procedures before it departs on the next cruise. Nah. If I'm going on a cruise and it's that same boat. I'm gonna be a little iffy getting on getting on there confidently. Right. I don't no. want I don't want to get sick. And you know what? It's he wasn't busy with work. He was busy with the runs. Is what he was busy <laughs> with. You're probably right. He said he said that he encouraged the guests and the crew to wash their hands often, which health experts recommend as the best defense against stomach viruses. Mm-hmm. Now, I think anybody can say that, and that's pretty much all you can say whenever right. uh, a, a majority of passengers on your cruise ship right. come down with the same illness, and that's just scary. Uh, I mean, what else? What else are you supposed to tell people? I mean, even even doctors are like, wash your hands, I'd use Germex. But other than that, I mean, you can't. It's it's going to be extremely hard to to sanitize yourself to be able to fight something like that, especially in an atmosphere where you're all congested on a boat like that. And that's the least of your worries. Whenever you're on a cruise ship, a cruise ship is you're a vacation. To have fun, yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to be sliding down slides, swimming, right. playing. Sh- I don't even know if they have the shuffleboard on there anymore, but I don't know. that's all I, I used to see is shuffleboard on cruise yeah. ships. And uh, instead, everybody's getting to know each other on the can. And I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that the bathrooms on a cruise <sighs> ship are that spacious. Spacious. I know that uh, I, I. No, definitely not. What this comes down to is that nothing usually good happens on a cruise ship. Mm. And especially whenever it comes to the media portraying what goes on in a cruise ship. Right. Because you always see, like, the cruise ship killer. Like, <laughs> the Sunday night special on NBC is, who someone f- fell off of a cruise ship. Was it on accident? <laughs> Find out. Like, stuff like that. No, they jumped because they had gastrointestinal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gastrointestinal inlets. Yeah. So, uh, Disney, we talked about this in an earlier podcast for all those cult followers right. that we have. For all you need to know, uh, Disney was in the in works to buy 21st Century Fox, and this past week they actually did. Disney bought 21st Century Fox, and they also doubled down on on the sports portion of their company despite ESPN struggling. Right. On this past Thursday, Disney uh, bought the the 22 regional sports networks as a part of the 52.4 billion dollar deal with 21st Century Fox. Money, so money. 21st Century Fox is cashing out basically. And yeah. like I've said, Mickey Mouse loves fat checks, and apparently he also likes to write them. Hey, I can't you know imagine. What? You got you got to spend money to make money, I guess. That is true. Uh, this is really a sign that Disney believes 
that the on-demand era is making it hard to get viewers to watch advertisers' commercials, and sports is one product that fans will still always watch live. Yeah, that's true. That's basically if there's anything that I'm watching on TV, it's a sport. It's you know, somebody playing basketball, football. Right. Uh, I'll watch the news. I'll watch some some late night shows sometimes. Yeah. But really, I think TV is kind of on on the outs here. Right. Lately. No, I mean most people are. God knows, like me and my dad both are. We will purposely watch our favorite sports team. We will let the game go. We know that the game starts, say, at 7.30. Mm-hmm. We won't start watching it until 7.45, 8 o'clock so that we can kind of fast forward, fast through, forward the through the commercials through the first quarter right. or so. And I think everybody's just trying to get rid of commercials as, as much as they can. Yeah. Assuming this deal goes through, Disney now will have significantly more sports program programming than it ever has had before. A- adding 22 regional sports networks is going to be a lot compared to what they already have at ESPN. Right. That's That's a large chunk. That's a lot of sports. And ESPN has always been a national sports network, inking multi-billion-dollar rights deals with leagues rather than with specific teams. So they, ESPN always makes deals with the NFL, the NBA. They don't right. make them with specific teams. Whereas Fox uh, kind of made made these deals with a, like a, a certain team in a certain area. They, right. they really focused on on certain areas and and trying to be applicable to the people that were living in that area, so they could watch their sports team all the time. Right. And of course, ESPN is actually going through some hard times lately. Uh, they've been losing viewers and subscribers, and uh, th- in the past couple of years, they've been cutting hundreds of staff members. And a lot of people don't know about that, but you know, I, I tune into the news or something, and I see like, yeah. oh, this guy on the radio, ESPN Radio, just got fired, and they just—it seems like they have no limit or end to what they will do to their cu- to their customers, and of course, uh, the people that work for them. Right. I mean, I think we're getting to a point too is. A lot of times, it's not so much about the sports anymore. They they will talk about other things that are happening with the news, with mm-hmm. whether it be. I mean, the whole situation with Donald Trump and the NFL was not about sports no. at all. And I think that a lot of sports fans, like actual sports fans, are just kind of turned off by that, and they don't they don't really want to listen to that. They want the the sports and and the strategy and the breakdowns of everything right. and the, with and that's why you tune in yeah and, and once once you lose that that you're going to lose those listeners that tune in just for those things and though i say that espn is struggling they're still the most profitable part of the uh, disney corporation espn of course falls underneath disney right. uh the the profits that come from espn dwarf the profits from the, the theme parks or even the disney movies that come out yeah espn is, brings in such a revenue that it just overpowers everything else within the disney corporation you're playing to a, a much larger audience there where i mean with the disney movies and the disney shows you're going to you're going to uh kind of zone in on the little kids and right. and kind of or maybe with the older stuff i mean you, you get i mean people that are like young adults will go back and watch those just because it's nostalgia mm-hmm. but uh with ESPN you're going to get more viewers just because there's a larger variety of audi- audience yeah the sports network still commands top dollar from cable operators for each subscriber but the number of US subscribers have been dropping steadily from a high 100 million in 2010 to 88 million as of September so the the number just keeps steadily decreasing yeah. and that's mostly because Americans are you know they're just cutting the cord they're ditching expensive cable or uh, television packages just to watch streaming services you see right. all these streaming services are starting to offer their own TV now yeah. and that's really hurting uh the people that just focused on cable and TV some of your more elder generations are probably going to stick with what they know yeah but i mean you got people who are are kind of at 
uh, middle-aged or, or young adult or those they kind of adapt with the technology so i mean you start getting i mean it's it for one it can be cheaper mm-hmm. i mean I, I understand that netflix is the price is going up i guess yeah. in the new year after the new year but i mean it's a little bit cheaper and you don't have to deal with commercials it's kind of, it's right. on demand you can just kind it's of awesome. look up yeah I it's love fantastic it. yeah but the the fewer viewers means less advertising revenue for companies like espn so as a result right. they've laid off 250 staff just this year and that's that's including some high profile on-air commentators right just having to cut the budget uh so aggressively that they're having to fire some of their top staffers yeah it's just it's crazy to see because you'll you'll say oh where did that one guy go you you type it on the internet and oh he got laid off in that in that last uh last month well hey that's that's life i guess i i hate that saying just Mm -hmm. just life is yeah just as much as the next person but i mean things happen and when you start changing the way that you tell stories and in, in the in the uh, content that you're providing, I mean, stuff is going to happen to where your your income and, and your audience changes. So, and like I said, we're talking about how much it's struggling, but it's still a relatively healthy business. Right. Uh, it, ESPN is still generating most of the seven billion dollars Disney earned from its media networks in the last year. So we lo- we look at these. Uh, I think all companies struggle. And ESPN is just kind of going through something like that. And I think ESPN will probably adapt. They've got Watch ESPN, yeah. but I think Disney was even talking about doing some kind of streaming service. And we might even see ESPN be thrown into there as uh, along with some of the 21st Century Fox programming. It would definitely help. Walt may be the most powerful human being that's ever walked the earth, apparently. And he still is, and he's not even alive. I know it. He's oh, he's he's around. He's, his spirit lives within us. Is he frozen? You think he's Ooh. frozen? <laughs> I don't think he's frozen. Uh, no. Frozen. <laughs> we like sports and would like to tell you about them. Monday night, Kobe Bryant had his jersey retired. And mm. I say jersey, let me say jerseys. Because Kobe Bryant will be the first player in NBA history to have two different numbers retired by the same team when his number 8 jersey and his number 24 jersey will go into the Raptors. That's just, I don't, that speaks to... The, his greatness. Oh, I can't even. There's no word for it. There's greatness. I still feel like is an understatement, and I'll be the first to say when Kobe was playing, I didn't necessarily like him. It was it was guys like Kobe and and Tiger who were just kind of more. They were they were so confident in themselves that it seemed like it was more in your face. I didn't like that at the time. And as I've gotten older, I've realized how much time and repetition they've put into those things in order and, to do that. Yeah, and so it, have the right to say things right. like that. And it's just, I always watched number 24. I I never got to see number 8. Number 8 was a little bit before my time, I think. Right. But I I went back and watched. And it's it's interesting because uh, you you almost think that there's a little bit of a different playing style whenever he has these different jerseys on. According to Baxter Holmes of ESPN, his original number came from his Adidas camp, 143. That's what what he wore. Uh, And those digits add up to to the number 8, as well as the number he wore whenever he played in Italy. Uh, the Lakers star switched to number 24 in the 2006-2007 season, and that was the number that he had in high school at Lower Marion. You're right. So, of course, everybody knows that that's where the number 24 goes. Yeah. But I, did, I didn't know the, the part about how his Adidas camp number 143, uh, those digits add up to the number 8. That's interesting. It's very interesting. And while he was, of course, the same player in both jerseys, uh, Kobe Bryant has even explained that there was a little bit of a different mentality between the two eras. Because you can almost mark it as... Uh, the number eight era and the number twenty four era. Right. He did so much in both those jerseys. Oh. Bryant had similar statistics in each of his two subsections of his career. Uh, he had 
16,777 points is number eight. He won three titles, and he earned eight All-Star appearances. Whenever he switched over to number 24, he had 16,866 points, went to 10 All-Star games, and won his other two titles. So that that's why you can justify having both these numbers retired. As we said before, just the just how great of a player he was uh, throughout his entire career. And, of course, staying with the Lakers for his entire playing career is not something that all other NBA players do now. That's a little bit rare to see uh, yeah. a player that such as him, an all-star caliber player, stay with one team uh, throughout his basketball with the way With the way players like to test free agency – it's it's tough to see that, and I wish that more players would stay with the same franchise mm-hmm. because it's it's easier to get involved and attached, and it just makes it better as a fan. You just you just look at that though. He had sixteen thousand points with both jerseys. I mean that's unbelievable. And he even he also won a scoring title while wearing each number. So he had one t- scoring title. It's almost it's almost eerie as to how balanced that is. His everything about him for me is eerie because have you ever seen the videos of him with Michael Jordan it's unreal they're the same player the only difference Mm -hmm. is Michael's got one more ring yep I mean other than that everybody wants to talk about LeBron and MJ and I get it I I completely understand the comparison is really with Kobe and and Michael I I believe well you know I mean that's no I'm not talking about I'm not talking about who's the best player of all time. I'm just talking about if you're going to compare two players, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan are a lot more similar than Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Absolutely. There's a lot more very similar games. I mean, it, it, if you go back and watch those videos, for, for anybody who's listening, if you have not seen those videos, YouTube, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, identical plays. Yes. And it's really just absolutely, it's it's almost creepy. It how, is. how similar it is. There's some dramatic music playing behind it for the, the most, yeah, that most helps. of the time. That helps. And that almost plays in your head anyways. Yeah. But uh, the success that he had in each each jersey made it impossible for the Lakers to just only choose one. So that's why they're giving Bryant double the honors this week. And while he was uh, developing the success, alongside him was Phil Jackson. He was a big part of Kobe's career. Right. And Phil Jackson was not able to make it to the ceremony. Do you think that that hurt Kobe's feelings, or do you think Kobe cares at all? I don't know that Kobe cares at all. I mean, I, it, he probably would have been happy to see Phil Jackson That's just Jackson something, there, yeah, you go but, over there and you'd be like, oh, hey, coach, like yeah. give him a high five, maybe a, like a side hug, one of those awkward side hugs. Kobe, Kobe was all about being able to produce himself and being able to do it with, because everybody that was his whole thing with, uh, with Shaq. Uh, was just how like he just it seemed like he wanted Shaq out just yeah. because he wanted to prove to people that he could do it himself. Him. Yeah, and so I don't think he puts a whole lot into into stake with other people he's, and what was around him while he was there. He's truly a once in a lifetime player. Absolutely, uh, he was one of my favorites to watch. I watched his last game. I, I tried to watch as, as many I, games as I could. I watched that last game live, and that I was like I said, I was not even a Kobe fan while he was there. Uh, but that last game, I, I had chills watching that game. So, of course, I think he's deserving to have these two retire, or num- numbers retired. A lot of people Most might definitely. say, like, why does he get two numbers? I think he really well deserves it. So congratulations to Kobe. Right. And uh, I'm sure that's that was a great ceremony. Let me, let me ask you a question. All right. In the NFL, what the hell is a catch? I, you know I have I no know. idea There's anymore. no Nobody knows. This rule... Is, is driving people nuts. Fans across the country are just mesmerized by the complexity of this rule. I mean, it's this is 
with the Steelers with with the Steelers game, this is three times now uh, that that you've seen where players literally what what uh, like a Webster's dictionary definition of a catch would be. I've got the the definition or the rule right here. If you want me to read it real fast, read read the rule. The rule states that a player who makes a catch may advance the ball. A forward pass is complete by the offense or intercepted by the defense if a player who is inbounds, one, secures control of the ball in his hands or arms prior to the ball touching the ground and touches the ground inbounds with both feet or with any part of his body other than his hands, and he also maintains control of the ball after A, reached the ground, and B, uh, until the ball has been long enough to clearly become a runner. A player has the ball long enough to become a runner when, after his second foot is on the ground, he is capable of avoiding or warding off impending contact of an opponent, tucking the ball away, turning upfield, or taking additional steps. You know what? That's way too much. The fact that it took that amount of time just to read that rule yes. is unbelievable. How are you? That's there. There's a difference. If if you catch the ball, it should be if you catch it and you can take two steps with it. You have possession. Yes. Clear possession. You're not bobbling it. If you have clear possession, it should be a catch. Now, just time and time again, when watching these games, you see players make these miraculous catches. Right. You're like, wow, that is one of the best athletic plays I've ever seen. And it's taken it's, away. From- it, it, it's only to have them overturned by the referees. And you were talking about the Steelers game this past weekend. Tom Brady drives down the field late in the game to give New England the lead. Just of course, Brady just does. just what he does. Yep. Uh, with 52 seconds left, the Steelers drive all the way down to the 10-yard line, and Roethlisberger hits his tight end Jesse James close to the end zone, and James extends to cross the goal line. And as he hits the ground, the ball popped loose. Of course, I watch that and I was like, oh my god, that's a touchdown. Yeah, that's a no, great play. Right. They they drove all the way down in 52 seconds. That's a deserving. Touchdown by the Steelers. Yep. And of course they say uh, that that play is under further review. Yeah. I hate that in sports. Well, I mean, I get it because you want to get the calls right. You want to get it right. Yes. There's a sense to that. That's part of the game that we haven't always had. So that that suspense and, and the and the fact that you could get a break by getting a call that maybe shouldn't have gone your way. It was that. I, I like that part of the game, and it's kind of being taken away. It was one of the most exciting, unbelievable games of the year so far. Oh, it was crazy! Featuring some of the some of the best players to play the game. Right. You've got Ben Roethlisberger. You've got Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, uh, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. All these players are on the field, uh, and it doesn't come down to what they do. It comes down to a rule or a call by an official. Right. And well, and that's the thing is a lot of people you can't really blame the official. It's all about the rule. And and that that just really bothers me because it there should not be that much that goes into deciding whether somebody catches a ball or not. Yes. I mean, it should be pretty obvious as to okay, he caught that ball or okay, he didn't catch that ball. There should be no well did he maintain possession all the way until he finished the football move all the way to the ground. Because I'll tell you right now, I get fired up about this role because you know what? Des caught it. Yep. Of Des course. caught it. That's what that's what everybody says, and the the rule is, of course, a player going to the ground uh, during the process of making a catch must control the ball through the fall, and uh, like with the Des catch or like with this last one, they feel like he lost control after hitting the ground. Well, and he did. That's the thing is, according to the rule, I understand it's not a catch, but it's a stupid rule. The rule is wrong, in my opinion. And with all the all these things like Des catching it, there was one with Calvin Johnson. Yep. Uh, officials look at this and they say, okay, maybe we need to critique. Or change the rule a little bit, and they do that. But still, every every time it comes down to did he catch it or not, the yeah. play goes under review. And to me, the the football game is ruined because uh, a miraculous play is taken away whenever right. a player bobbles it whenever he hits the ground. 
Right. No, a calling uh, or, a, or a, a rule should not determine the the outcome of a game. And no. in that case, in these cases, it does. And it's just very, very frustrating. Not only – I mean, I'm not even a, a fan. I, I didn't really care who won that game all that much. And it, it still frustrated me just to see the game in that way. Yes. And, of course, if you look at the rules, if you look at all these extensive rules, that's the proper call. Right. But I, I don't Absolutely. think in this case facts matter. And I think that's on the NFL, and I think that's the NFL's fault. Uh, yeah. Now, without further ado, the best part of the show. There is a mad pooper on the loose. <laughs> what? You heard me correctly. A mad pooper. A female jogger report was caught on camera defecating in a Colorado Springs family yard. Goodness and she gracious. made a worldwide splash, but then all of a sudden she vanished. The Bud family, which first reported the jogger and dubbed her the Mad Pooper, said in September that the woman had been running through their neighborhood near uh, the, their parkway and uh, a boulevard for nearly two months, and every time she passed their house, she would leave behind a pile of feces. So, this is hap- this happened on a regular basis? Yes. Oh, a- my At least goodness. once a week is what they said. Oh, my god. Finally fed up, they reported the axe to the Colorado Springs police. Finally? How many times would it take to, for you At to report to At first you might say, okay, yeah, she was jogging, and she had to go. Everybody's had to go at some point. Oh, but man. if it starts happening like this, of course, they, they got the police involved. So they, they reported to the Colorado Springs police, who opened a criminal investigation and sought help identifying the jogger. Even the toilet paper giant Charmin jumped in and offered a year's supply of toilet paper to the jogger if she turned herself in. That is, that's fantastic. That's, that's comedy right there. That's good comedy. So this is, this is back in September. And all of a sudden, after all this news had come out, she just vanishes. Nothing happens. They haven't had a problem with it. There's just nothing going on. That doesn't make any sense. No one stepped forward. No suspects were named. And the police spokesman confirmed Monday that they have no arrest and they have no leads to who the mad pooper is or was. That's, I'm just, that's baffling. He declined to elaborate except to say that the investigation is still active and there have been no additional reports of pooping. <laughs> now this is this is a this is a serious problem really it's no, it's, yeah, if I it's funny people, to, it's I'd funny to hear but it's just it's weird that this kept happening uh at least once a week they get the police involved uh she gets a year supply hell i might even turn myself in for a year supply of toilet paper oh my goodness especially yes. charmin that stuff's great oh fantastic and then all of a sudden it just stops the mad pooper has gone missing but maybe she's popped up somewhere else or inspired someone else because it sounds like there's another mad pooper on the loose. No. As similar events have been taking place no. in New York. Someone. New York. Yep. Someone is pooping on the lawns of Orchard Park, New York. But police, <laughs> but police again say they don't have much to go on. Oh my goodness. The first mystery pooping in New York was reported in November by a woman who told police she found feces in a tissue outside of her home. <laughs> the woman also said she thought the poop trader was a jogger. And said it had happened on more than one occasion. Gotta be the same woman. Is that the same mad pooper? Is that the... I mean, it has to be, right? Because everything settles down in September. And that's in Colorado Springs. And then all of a sudden you, you open it up in New York. Just a month later after she's kind of went down in the news. And there's another mad pooper on the loose and she's a jogger. I think it's the same one. It's 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 gotta be either the same one or the, there's a very, very smelly cult going around. How hard is it to catch someone defecating in a public 
public place. There's no there's no way that she can do it so fast that No. Oh my god. She had enough time apparently to wipe at this one house. She left <laughs> tissue paper behind. Well, I mean goodness gracious. Despite despite the increased surveillance, an employee of the Orchard Park Police Department told the Huffington Post there has not been much progress on the case since the initial report. So I don't know if this is happening as often as the one in Colorado Springs, but still, how hard is it to set up a camera or even just have someone stand near where she usually does her business? I, I don't understand this. This I mean, I've never heard anything like this. It's a crazy story, and I if we can help bring the mad pooper to justice, I want to be a part of that. And so if anyone has any information <laughs> on the mad pooper, please go to your local police department and help us. Put this mad pooper behind bars. I don't want this stuff coming to no. my house. Goodness no, definitely gracious. not. I just don't understand if if you're if you're the homeowners in in Colorado Springs, how do you let this? Like the first time, if if you go out there and and you see that that's there, I'm thinking, oh, good God, what yeah. what in God's name? Who would do something like this? But then the second time, I'm par- I'm probably reporting it. Like, all right, this is this is ridiculous. There's been eyewitnesses. To these incidents, I don't understand how people can't run after her. Wait I guess she's second. fast. She's a jogger. Yeah, well, yeah, but jogging, goodness gracious! Oh, I, I can't. This even... gets me riled up. Oh, we need to we need to catch this poopetrator as soon as possible. <laughs> it is now time for power rankings. Everyone loves power rankings. Whip whoop. DJ, it's Christmas time. Oh, I love some might Christmas. say it's the most wonderful time of the year. So on AY and 2K, we love power rankings. What better way to do power rankings than for us to break down what we believe are the top five Christmas songs of all time? These are our opinions. Right. And this is this edition of Christmas Song Power Rankings. Mm. These might not be your favorite Christmas songs, but these ring true whenever I have to ask myself, hey, what are my favorite Christmas songs? And at number five, I have a Marshmallow World by Dean Martin. Dean Martin transports you to a world of marshmallows and sugar plums with that classic easy swing voice that Dean Martin always brings to the table. It's a fantastic song. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it right now. Love love it so much. It always gets me in the Christmas spirit. Anything Dean Martin really will, will put you will yeah. just put you in a good mood. Really? I mean, he's so it's he's such a like a swing easy guy. I tell you what, I'd love to hang out with Dean Martin. If he was still alive. I wouldn't right now, but he's... No, it would be weird to hang out with him now. It would be weird now. Yeah. It would definitely be weird now. But you can just imagine Dean Martin leading you through a, like a marshmallow uh, castle or a marshmallow field. Right. He just seems like he belongs in a marshmallow land or a marshmallow world. But anyways, what is your number five? At number five, I've got Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Classic! Oh, it's just... I mean, it takes me back to my childhood. When your and- grandma got... Ran over by it. She didn't get ran. No, no, okay. no, no, okay, no. Good. That didn't. No, awesome. No. Sweet. Which was Everybody's good safe. because I once I heard like the first couple times I heard the song, I was like, oh my god, that really happened. Like I, I'm gonna. Yeah. She's not walking home anymore. Nope. Oh my gosh. Santa's out to kill. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a it's a great song. Like I said, it takes me back to my childhood. It puts you in a good mood. Just kind of a like a bouncy childish mood. Yes. Just it's kind Christmas of puts time. Yeah. It's Christmas. It makes you silly. feel. Yeah. Makes I you hope, feel like I Christmas. hope it's not based on a true story because that'd be terrible. At number four. This might uh, be a little bit arguable here. I have Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. Okay, so I I love that song. Yes. It's fantastic. Bruce Springsteen's version of it, I, I will not listen to. In my opinion, Spruce, Bruce Springsteen can sing. And his, he showcases his voice and, and his candid rock and roll attitude. In this rendition, whenever you think of Bruce Springsteen, you think of America. Whenever you think of America, you think of Christmas, right? right. Is, well, that, is that accurate? Am I far-fetched? No, I'm not. No. So well. that's the thing. Bruce Springsteen, 
should go along with Christmas. I don't even know if he has a Christmas album, but he just rocks this song, and I love it so much. It's the perfect song to where you can turn it on and uh, your friends enjoy it as much as your grandma does. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but okay. it's a good song. You're, you're crushing on Bruce Springsteen, but that's fine. Number four, what do you got? Number four, I got Oh Holy Night. It just, oh, oh man. I tell you what, it makes me feel like oh. I'm sitting in the third row in a pew mm. in a fantastic, beautiful church with Christmas decorations Preaching. all around. Yes. I mean, it, it makes me... There's yeah. candles, right? Absolutely candles. Candlelight. Yeah. It candle, well, I mean, there's regular light, too, because just regular candlelight in a, in a church, I don't know. A little for, creepy, right? Yeah, yeah okay. a little bit. Sorry. But, but you oh know. holy night! Oh holy night! The stars are brightly shining, mm. like that. Yes. yes. Nothing better. Yes. I, oh my God! Anything else? Based on that? It, it or did just, that wrap it up? Did I just kind of no? Yeah, you got it. Like yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, super. Yeah. All right, number three. Just absolutely love this song, and I might butcher this pronunciation. Meli Kalikimaka, Bing Crosby, and the Andrews Sisters. This is a song that has rocketed up my list this year. Many people ask, what does Melakalikimaka mean? I think it is some sort of Christmas uh, greeting in Hawaii. The hell if I know, but Bing Crosby leads the way in this classic Christmas song that will really get anyone singing. It's got an old sound to it, and I yes. really like that. The, that that old kind of like a, a vinyl sound. Vinyl sound, I mean, yes. it's it sounds really good. When it comes to Christmas music, I really enjoy the old stuff, and this is one that I j really just discovered recently, right. and I just, I just love it so much. If you haven't heard Meli Kaliki Maka, go listen to it. It's super. Anyways, number three, good. what number do you got? Number three, I've got uh, White Christmas. Oh. White Christmas is... I forgot that one. Well, you know what? It just... The thing is, where, where we're from... A lot of times we don't get snow on Christmas, so yep. just to be able to kind of put myself in that position mentally, it, it makes me happy. You can dream of a white Christmas, oh, and that's you, what the yeah. song just right. really helps you do. Yeah, and which, like, our, our snow comes more around January, February, mm -hmm. so it's, it comes after New Year's, and then I don't really want snow. No, But if I could get snow, if I could get a white Christmas, and yeah. then the snow go away the day later, it would oh be gosh. fantastic. Because, you know, I hate snow, but snow just goes with Christmas. And just wake up on, on like Christmas morning, walk out with like a, a cup of hot cocoa or, oh, or some coffee, and just absolutely. You could be bare feet in the snow. I don't care. It doesn't well, hurt me. Well, you know, I've got on sensitive. Christmas day. I, I've got sensitive feet even on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's why I, I got to wear house shoes on Christmas Day, especially. Otherwise, I end up stepping on a Lego or you, super. You know. Yeah, but, but snow helps, right? Snow helps. It always does. Mm. At number two. Baby, it's cold outside. That's, Dean Martin I shows up again. About that one. Dean Martin is back in my top five with Baby, it's cold outside. Does it get much better than this? Dean Martin does it again as he sings this soothing song <laughs> with some unsettling lyrics if you listen closely. His female counterpart is really wanting to leave the premises, <laughs> but Dino insists that she stays as he pours her another drink, and she worries what the neighbors might think. She even says, Say, what's in this drink? And Dino's just like, oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> like he's just he's like keeping this lady in the house. It's a little unsettling, uh, and let's hope that what he put in that drink was Christmas magic and not something else. Eggnog, eggnog, hopefully. But however, if you look past the creepy lyrics, it's a great Christmas song that really everyone can sing along to, thanks to the to the movie Elf. Yeah, well, that was what I was yeah. what I was about to say. Is probably my favorite version of that song is probably from Elf. Dean Martin is great, and but yeah, you just get you just enlighten me on that song, and it kind of frightens me a little bit now. He probably uh, wouldn't have been able to get that song out nowadays. In today's age, especially yeah. right now. Oh god! If you release that, oh, that is goodness. getting butchered, and it's not getting on the no, radio at all. No. But back in the day, I think people looked past it. It's got a good beat to it. It's yeah. got Dean Martin. 
It's a super song. I love to sing along to it. You, I sing both parts. I do the yeah. I do Dean's oh, and then also the, yeah. the women's part, especially that, when I'm in well, the car by myself. That song is the Christmas version to me of like a Bohemian Rhapsody. Like yeah. you don't oh. if you don't try to sing every part to that, you it, don't even it, have to know all the lyrics. Right? No, just match the tone da, as da, well da, as you da, can. like yeah. that. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Say what's in this drink, and you just say, "Don't worry about that." Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, number two, what do you got? Number two, I got. Blue Christmas. Oh, Elvis? To fo- oh, yes, absolutely. For sure. I mean, Elvis, yeah. Elvis absolutely is is who I would put with that song, but, you know, Porky, wanna... Porky Pig's version is terrible. Porky Pig yeah. did a great job, but yeah. Elvis probably did a little bit better. Yeah, Elvis, Elvis probably took the cake on that one. And that's kind of a sad one, right? Blue Christmas? It, it is. It's, it's not a sad-sounding song, but if you listen to the lyrics, like this past song that I just had, right. it's a little, no, bit, a little it, bit sad. Which, I mean, you, you can't just... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, and a lot of people may disagree with me here, but I don't think you can just be all happy and giggles on Christmas. I mean, it's good to have that, but yes. you've got to remember that there are some people who, who are, are hurting out there, even during Christmas time. So if you wake up on Christmas and you're saying, you know what, there's not some people that are happy as me, turn on Blue Christmas for all the people yeah. that are struggling out there for the Yeah, holidays. and really make yourself sad on Christmas. That's but the still, motto yeah. of people that struggle during the holidays is Blue yeah. Christmas by Elvis Presley. Right. Which is a great song. Oh, fantastic yeah. song. At number one, I have I'll Be Home for Christmas. Me too. Now, oh, it's my, fantastic. my version is by Elvis Presley and Carrie Underwood. Yeah, that's right. I said Elvis Presley and Carrie Underwood. How is that possible? No further questions, Your Honor. Just sit back and enjoy it, and don't think about yeah. it too much, because there's no possible way that these two could have sang together, but it just sounds great. It sounds like they actually recorded it together, and this is just the Christmas song that keeps on giving. As much as I love that version, I'm about to rattle your cage on this Go one. Go ahead. My favorite version, the acapella version that the Rascal Flats do. Well, uh, DJ has been a part of the podcast for, <laughs> for six episodes, and that'll wrap it up for him. So if anybody has any disagreements, which I'm sure after that no one will, uh, I hate Rascal Flats. They're the worst band of all time. Uh, really put a dent in my Christmas mood here, and I oh. hope everybody else can look past that. But anyways, uh, you said that your favorite version was Elvis Presley and Carrie Underwood, right? Yes. Okay. For, for, for editing purposes, yes. Yes, Elvis Presley and <laughs> Carrie Underwood. You know, you wouldn't see those two together at a at a club or anything. But damn. If you did, you need to contact somebody immediately because <laughs> you're gonna make a lot of money. Or you're on drugs. That well, yeah, too. Which you know. Have a nice trip for but, Christmas, I guess. But I'll Be Home for Christmas is one of those just heartwarming songs that you mm. can just turn on. You can imagine sipping a, a cup of hot chocolate to that. Absolutely. Also, a tiny bit sad, though. A lot of times when I listen to that song, mm. I think of a soldier overseas yes. re- relaying that message to his family and kids, which really also kind of puts me in a little bit of a damper a perspective. mood. And, it gives you a different perspective, yeah. though. That'll wrap it up for mm. this episode of All You Need to Know. A fun episode. Murakuma. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Chrysler, Merry Christmas, yeah. Happy Holidays, however you want to say it. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Yes, yeah. for yeah. sure. That sounded like I was like, no, I didn't want to say that, but but no, for sure. Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday makes you happy, mm. uh, that's what you should celebrate. Happy birthday to Jesus. Happy birthday to Jesus, the true yeah. meaning of, of Christmas. Right. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. Mm. Uh, we will take a little Christmas break this next week, Right. so don't. Don't be alarmed if you don't see anything up, but for the 20 people that listen to this podcast, uh, I'm sure we'll reach you and it won't be a problem. Next week, we got off, so happy holidays to everybody. Spend time with your family. Stop listening to this podcast yeah. for a Merry, week, for a week, and then come yeah, back. Yeah, please don't stop listening to the podcast completely. Yes. That's not, that's not 
But yes, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. To all a good week. Uh, this has been All You Need to Know. I'm Quinn Eaton. I'm DJ Pig. You guys take it easy. This has been All You Need to Know. Join us next week and continue to care about our opinions. Until next time. <laughs>